Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition, Human Events Daily. Huge show today. We are all going to be talking about the freedom flu. What is that? It is the mass non-compliance that's going on and the stress to our systems in this country based on Biden's COVID policies. We're going to be talking about breaking it down in four segments. First, freedom flu air, then freedom flu supply chains, third, freedom flu at sea, and finally, how the freedom flu is affecting President Joe Biden. All this and more head, Human Events Daily. Welcome back. Now, before we get started, I want to remind everyone that this show is powered by Turning Point USA. And if you want to support America and celebrate America, then you've got to come to Turning Point's America Fest, December 18th to 21st. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, the greatest lineup of speakers, including yours truly, as well as very special performances by some of America's top country acts? Seriously? Yes, seriously. Go and check it out. You've got to be there. Go to tpusa.com to get more details on America Fest. Now we're going to get into this. What is the freedom flu? I started this trend yesterday. It went to number one on Twitter. Explain. Friday, the Southwest Airlines employee crew filed a federal mandate, a federal injunction essentially, seeking to block, I should say, the mandate against vaccinations. Then over the weekend, up to 2,000 Southwest Airlines flights were canceled. What's going on here? Well, the CEO came out today and said, oh, this is just absenteeism. This is just absenteeism. Producers, roll the clips. I've been an airline pilot for 18 years and now I'm facing an ultimatum. Not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated, which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome. This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give into these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, we dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when what you're told to do will not fall in line with your beliefs. If we do not stand together and fight back in one voice, soon we could be told where to live, what job we will do, what religion to believe, and how many children we can have. Do you really want someone telling your children 
or your grandchildren what, when, and how they will live every minute of their lives? It's time we take a stance. It's time we fight for our freedom of choice while we still can. We're urging all of our employees to get vaccinated. If they can't, we're urging them to seek an accommodation, either for medical or religious reasons. Uh, and uh, my goal, obviously, is that no one loses their job. Uh, the, the objective here, obviously, is to improve health and safety, uh, not for people to lose their jobs. So, um, yes, we have some very strong uh, views on that topic, but uh, that, that's not what uh, was at issue with Southwest uh, over the weekend. I've never been uh, in favor of corporations imposing that kind of a mandate. I'm not in favor of that, never have been. Uh, but the executive order from President Biden mandates that all federal employees and then all federal contractors, which covers uh, all the major airlines, uh, have to have a mandate in a vaccine in place by December the 8th. So we're working through that. I think the two are mutually exclusive. The, the, the vaccine uh, mandate and, and where we are with the lawsuit is really just to get the company to sit down and talk to us and, and discuss some of, some of our issues. Pilots have to, have to maintain a medical certificate as well as their pilot certificate. So we want to sit down and address how that is going to be affected, how our long-term disability. Now that we're at Tuesday looking back at what happened this weekend, um, our pilot sick rate was, was right in line with what we saw this summer during the same kind of meltdowns. Uh, we also see our pilots picking up almost at an all-time high. So our pilots are there supporting. So the two are really different. Uh, we're just trying to get the company to, to sit down with us and, and discuss these issues. Now, I want to show you a picture that we got from Benny Johnson. Huge story. This photo was just sent to me of a grounded Southwest plane flying a Gadsden flag out of the cockpit. The hero pilots at Southwest and other airlines deserve a support. True patriots worthy of the American freedom fighter tradition. Don't tread on me. God bless them. Tom Sowers out there with lots of other stories about air traffic controllers. Now keep in mind, this is not just Southwest. This is going on throughout the country. We understand what's happening. We understand there can't be a formal declaration because that would be an illegal work action. But we also understand that there are thousands, possibly even millions, of workers that are facing this mandate and are fighting back. Of course, Joe Biden has set December 8th, right before Christmas. So embrace that. Christmas and New Year's. Imagine travel and transit in the air comes screeching to a halt. Merry Christmas. Let's go, Brandon. Stay tuned, more up next segment. The next phase of this, this segment, we're gonna focus on the supply chains, how the freedom flu is affecting them. Take a listen to what's going on because we are going to see food shortages across the United States. We're seeing container shortages. We're seeing supply chain disruptions because of issues in Asia, issues in Europe. All of this falls at the feet of Joe Biden and his policies of mismanagement due to Corona. 19. This is essentially something that he said that he had a plan for. Remember, I've got a plan for this and I'm going to help. Listen to the people in his administration talk. Now, how we, here we are, what, eight months in, nine months in? Listen to what they're saying now. There's no plan. Holiday shoppers are already being warned to hit the stores early. Mar Marissa Silva, a toy expert, 
says the industry is being hit hard by the shipping crisis. Silva says there's a delay of about six to eight weeks for a lot of toys. She also warns by Black Friday there may not be much on the store shelves. Ongoing supply chain disruptions and that microchip shortage will both cut down on inventory and drive up the costs of toys that are available. This is a, a major challenge, and uh, this is something that's been uh, a major priority for the White House, certainly for our department. It's why the, the White House set up this task force. And what we're looking at is basically everything between uh, those ships and your shelves that gets uh, the goods to where they need to be. Part of that's things like physical infrastructure. Part of that, is, as you say, is labor. Uh, and look, uh, obviously, it's an incredibly complicated situation. We're talking about global supply chains, uh, and it's mostly private sector systems. But we have, a, we have a big role to play, and that's why we've been convening all of the different players. For example, uh, held roundtables bringing together uh, everybody who's connected to the ports, the port operators, the port owners, uh, labor unions, shipping. And remember, a lot of this isn't when you look at these backups, for example, on the ships, it isn't just about the ships, right? If, if they're in this photo, that means the ship is there. The question is what's in the way of the container getting off the ship and out to where it needs to be. And a lot of that goes to the other parts of our transportation system. You look at what's going on with trucking. Uh, we have some real concerns with the availability of truck drivers. At large truck operators, the rate of turnover for truck drivers has been around 90%. So that's clearly at least in part a labor issue, and we're partnering with the Department of Labor uh, to try to establish more apprenticeships and, and make sure that we're addressing that. You've got a dock worker shortage. You've got a labor shortage. You've got a trucker shortage that's burgeoning. The ships can't even get to port. That's how bad things are under this administration. And you got Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete up there, the guy who said that he loved trains and he loved airplanes and that's why he was qualified to be the Secretary of Transportation. The guy was a financial analyst, right? A financial analyst for a couple of years and then where did he work, where did he work, where did he work? Oh right, McKinsey. And what does McKinsey do? They come in and they fire people. Well guess what, Mayor Pete? You can't just fire all these people. Now you got a problem on your hands. What are you gonna do when first of all, you can't even admit you can't even admit that all of this is caused by your own policies. You can't even, you fool, you absolute clown, that all of this is caused by your failed policies and your medical tyranny. If you just let people move goods to market, one of the most basic things, it is the essential core of the logistics Industry. I have a lot of friends who work in that industry from the military, right? Former military guys. Dude, they, they go into logistics, by the way, and make bank, absolute bank. Got a ton of friends trying to talk me into it. But I figured I'd do this instead. Uh, could be a little more fun. We'll see. Something to fall back on. But understand, all of this, everything we're seeing, the fact that within a few months, possibly a few weeks, that you're not going to see food on the shelves. I didn't even talk about the meatpacking plants and the labor issues they're having, the prices are gonna go through the roof. Jobs and unemployment are going, uh, unemployment's going to keep rising, jobs are gonna keep falling, right? This is stagflation. This is the stagflation we're seeing. The prices are going up and as well as unemployment going up. That is textbook stagflation and it can only be achieved by the government policies 
of an out-of-control leftist regime like we have right now. Food shortages, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we get started, in the last segment, I know we talked about companies that were imposing these vaccine mandates, that Joe Biden was pushing them, but I want to tell you about one company that is not imposing vaccine mandates right here in the United States of America, and that is MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, up to 66% off, and you will support American workers and products made right here in the United States, and also, by the way, support Human Events Daily. Go there and show the support because they are standing up. They're standing up for their workers, and we need to stand up for the American workers. It's time, by the way, for the conservatives to return to the working men and women of this country, the forgotten men and women. That's what this is all about. That's the entire theme, the entire ethos of the freedom flu is standing up for the forgotten men and women, the people that make this country work. And some of those people are the people that work at our strategic naval shipyards, where 40 to 50%, depending on where you go, in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west, all of our strategic shipyards, from Newport News, up to Wisconsin, down to Mississippi, Alabama, right, California, all of these areas, you have workers that don't want this vaccine mandate opposed on them. Of course, they're federal contractors. Understand where that leaves us in terms of our naval superiority, our naval readiness, and of course, our ability to force project and to protect the island of Taiwan. Now, keep in mind, I've said this a hundred times, I'll say it a hundred more times. I do not want to go to war over Taiwan. But if you set up a situation whereby in you have a labor shortage, you can't field aircraft carriers, you can't field submarines. You've got people in the backfield that are stuck. Your supply chains are broken. People can't eat. What do you think the generals in Beijing are going to say when they see a situation like that, while, by the way, faced with the crippling financial crisis that they are at home today? Listen to this. The complete reunification of our country must be and can be realized. China's President Xi Jinping vowed on Saturday to realize reunification with Taiwan. Speaking at Beijing's Great Hall of the People, Xi said the Chinese people have a glorious tradition of opposing separatism. Xi's comments follow a week of tensions, during which Beijing dispatched about 150 Chinese military flights into Taiwan's air defense zone. While he didn't mention the use of force, Xi's message was clear. Taiwan independence is the greatest obstacle to national reunification and a serious hidden danger to national rejuvenation. Those who forget their heritage, betray their motherland, and seek to split the country will come to no good. And they will be spurned by the people and condemned by history. His speech has not been well received in Taiwan. Taipei, in response, called on Beijing to abandon its coercion and said its future rested in the hands of the people. The island, which broke away from the mainland in 1949, 
rejects Beijing's claims of sovereignty and has its own democratically elected government. In Xi's last major speech on Taiwan in July, he vowed to, quote, smash any attempts at formal independence. In 2019, he directly threatened to use force to bring the island under Beijing's control. Now, again, it's been my long-time assessment, and I said this on the Taiwan when we did the strategic briefing episode, I'll say it again. I think the policy of the CCP towards Taiwan is assimilation. They want to do to Hong Kong, or do to Taiwan what they did to Hong Kong, get it? They want it to be the one country, two systems, and then gradually encroach using uh, soft power, cultural power, language, ethnicity, nationality, bring them in. But if they feel threatened, if they feel threatened, then you could see troops in Taipei come Christmas if they feel their legitimacy threatened. Stay tuned, one more segment, huge segment, huge show today. You do not want to miss this. Coming right back. Things have gotten so incredibly bad for Joe Biden that even his own Democrats and some of these erstwhile Republicans are throwing him under the bus. What do I mean by erstwhile Republicans? I mean the losers and haters at the bulwark. Yes, of course, the bulwark, the place where if you were a conservative or a quote unquote conservative, right, a false conservative, a professional Republican, as they call themselves, uh, and you didn't support Donald Trump, and yet you found a home because there was no an actual base for your failed ideology of neoconservatism, you went and brought your grifting ways over to the Bulwark podcast. So the Bulwark is full of all of these failed neocons, and even they are dumping on Biden now. Listen to them, and they're, they're weeping, they're so sad, they're so sad, as they read the results of the latest, this was a focus group done of Pennsylvania Democrats. Uh, let me just check for a second. Was Pennsylvania a state that's just a little bit, my home state by the way, just a little bit important to the overall picture when it comes to choosing a little, a little thing called the Electoral College for the Presidency of the United States. Take a listen to, and remember, this is Democrats, what Democrats are saying in Pennsylvania about Joe Biden. Take a listen. Meanwhile, Amy, we're looking at other polls around uh, for, uh, that have to do with President Biden, and he's slipping. He's slipping. Yeah, he's, he's struggling right now, and it, we started to see it over the summer as the Delta variant was um, taking its toll. And then, of course, the pullout in Afghanistan and the chaos that ensued there. And now, of course, divisions with his, within his own party. I haven't seen, you know, what was promised. I, I just think it's bad. I'm really tired of the, you know, COVID excuse for everything, it seems like right now. And so I think it's kind of more of the same, you know, over-promise and under-deliver in politics in general. I would like inflation to be, like, a little more controlled, <laughs> okay? Because everything's, like, doubled in price in the last year. And it's, in my opinion, going in the opposite direction than we were, quote-unquote, promised. Inflation is being a problem. Bought a case of water. Used to be $5, now it's $7 and something. It's hitting pockets, my pockets. Even Democrats are catching the freedom flu because they are seeing the absolute collapse of this administration on their watch. The one that they propped up, the one that they pushed into office, the one because they hated Trump so much that they would say anything, do anything, lie about anything about Trump and his supporters 
about MAGA conservatives, populists. Folks, what we're seeing here is a populist uprising, a populist revolution. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different from your mom and dad's conservatism, okay? Because you got the workers on board now. You've got some people that are more libertarian on board now, and you've got social conservatives on board now. This is a broad coalition. It's an absolute broad coalition, but it's brought together by a few basic things. One of them, of course, <laughs> one of them is agreeing that Joe Biden is an empty, he's our Yeltsin. He's basically our Yeltsin, right? This is the last gasp of neoliberalism. That's what you're seeing with Joe Biden. Now, is this an interregnum between two terms of someone else? Remains to be seen. But I'll tell you this, I will tell you this. It is come, it, and it will come as no surprise to anyone that the worst kept secret in politics today is that Donald J. Trump will run for president in 2024, right? I think it's the worst kept secret. He's testing the waters, he's out in Iowa. We understand what's going, folks. Stay tuned, wrap up, coming after this. That's all the time we have here for Human Events Daily. Make sure to smash that follow button. Please leave us a review, by the way. I was recently told that reviews are the ways that really help us with the rankings, so be the influence agent, share this with your normie friends, and ask them if they like it, read us, leave us a review. If they don't like it, leave us a review and ask what we could be doing better. But before we go, we have to leave you with today's moment of history. And of course, today, October 12th, 1492, Christopher Columbus, an Italian Catholic sailing under Spain, discovered the new world. That's right, he did. It's historical fact, whether you like it or not. That's all the news we have for today. So for myself here and everybody at the team at HE Daily, ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission as always. Play short.